You're listening to the world's smartest podcast network. When I go to Sacramento, I will pump up Sacramento. Sacramento. Some say the news is fake. Others say it's real. These two don't have the time to check. Instead, Turner Sparks and Michael Ira Kaplan turn to comics stationed around the globe to be their eyewitness reporters so that you can know what's really going on. This is Lost in America. All right, everybody, welcome to Lost in America, episode 301. My name's Turner Sparks. I'm Sir Michael Ira Kaplan. Ooh, for the, uh, the 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 Scottish, <laughs> a little tip to what uh, what episode we're doing today. My name. Oh, you can find me at Turner Sparks on all social media platforms. I'm putting new stand up comedy videos out all the time. Nice. Uh, so check that out. Go see my clips for free and then pay to come see me at a comedy club. Don't oh, just do, do both. The, don't just watch a clip and be like, ha ha, but never show up. I'm going to be in Detroit, Michigan. Next weekend, May 20th, I'm doing Drew Freilich's comedy club. There's new brand new comedy club in Detroit. So coming out to that May 19th and 20th. I don't know if the 19th might be sold out, but there's there's still two two shows on the 20th. Come on out to that. You can find Kaplan on all social media platforms. Cap in America, Cap in NYC for his, uh, you know, his side job is my side hustle is being the the not the top real estate agent on the west side of of Queens. So, yes, in Hunter's Point (laughs) South. Number one real estate agent. So check that out. Kaplan NYC. Kaplan, we got a big announcement. Uh, We're going to be talking in a minute to uh, we're going to be talking about Scotland and Scottish independence with uh, Vlad McTavish, a Scottish comedian based there. But before we get to that, Cap, we need to promote. So June 3rd, Hmm. we have, as everyone knows who's listening, we started this new monthly series we do only for our Patreon subscribers that is called uh, Off the Record. And it's a live talk discussion interview, but you join in. We do it on Zoom. We do it with the comedian. We get one of our comedian guests and then we get you and you can jump in and ask questions. We had Muhammad Magdi on last week. And the point of it is, is it's live only. We don't record it. Right. So because they can say whatever they want. They can say whatever they want because so many of our guests, our comedians are in countries where they're not allowed to say what they want on the air into right. a microphone. So we do this once a month thing. It's completely uncensored. Muhammad Magdi told us all about uh, his life in Egypt, how he got out during the Arab Spring and all the details he could definitely not say into a microphone. So we did that last month and it was fantastic. Everybody loved it. We had a ton of guests, a ton of uh, Patreon subscribers join in. And next month on June 3rd, we're doing our next one with Anton Tymoshenko. He is a stand up comedian in Kiev in Ukraine. And uh, he's going to be telling all us about his life, including we we've been doing uh, podcasts with him for a couple of years now. And then what did we do it, a month or two ago? We turned on Netflix. He's on there he's, with David Letterman. I mean, we we, we we discover stars in this podcast. David Letterman we stole our bit. <laughs> he stole our whole show. He stole our show. <laughs> he went to the Ukraine. It's all. Yeah, he went to Ukraine. He, he not went to a Ukraine. bunker. He went to yeah. Ukraine. He met with Anton Apologize. and then they did stand up comedy at Anton's club. I'm like. Who's we're currently pitching that exact show to television networks all over the place. They said, no, 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 we'll just steal it and do we'll it with David Letterman. Letterman. 
So anyway, Anton will be on. Maybe he can tell us what it was like to hang out with Letterman. June 3rd, the, the only way to get invited to that is go to patreon.com slash lost in America. Throw in five bucks. Five bucks is all it takes. Five bucks a month. And you'll get the, a private Zoom link. Plus, you get all the other stuff we do. Our live Lost in the Bunker comedy show. Everything. All right, Kaplan. Now, let's get to this episode. Yeah. Scottish independence is something... Yeah. I the, okay, so well, our first experience with it in America was uh, William Wallace, right? <laughs> it was Braveheart, they and were just bashing into each other in a battle, and yeah, yeah, they put on blue face paint, and <laughs> yeah, then charged. they run around. And as far as uh, okay, that's I've been doing research the last couple of days to learn about this episode, and I realized that I completely misunderstood the ending <laughs> of Braveheart. <laughs> Because at the end of Braveheart, he says they will never take our freedom, but he says it while they're killing him. So I thought that meant that's when they took their his freedom. Right. I thought it meant that that was in 13, early 1300s, I believe. And that's I thought that's an okay. That's when the evil British conquered Scotland. The evil English conquered Scotland was in 1300 because they took his freedom. Comes to find out. I do a little research. No, no, no. It was like 400 more years. 400 years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was when they, I did some research. I learned that it was because they had some debts. They basically they they discovered some. They went to like the one part of the New World where you they couldn't make money. Who's off they? The, the Scottish. Okay. And they and they had some debts, and they were uh, they needed you know you need help you need a, you need a creditor. They did, so they merged with England. Wait, I read something about them taking Panama at some point. Yeah, Panama. Panama was apparently a useless colony. The, the I don't Scottish know. took over <laughs> Panama. That Who sounds like, like spring break gone <laughs> wrong. Yeah, pre-canal days, Panama. That's they a wild spring time. break. And then they they had so much fun, they ran out of money. And then they, they ran out of money. They needed money. England had money. They said, hey, let's, let's uh, you got a, you know, we got so, a king, you got a king. <laughs> and that wasn't until like 17... 70 maybe or something like that i don't know the year but i didn't look that 1707 you didn't look up the year we just we've been researching an entire podcast you didn't look up the year 1707 i've found 1707 is when that happened and then so that that was so since then that that was the forming of the uk scotland and england have been part of the uk i mean have been the uk island yeah the backbone of the uk and and but then I think ever since then, very shortly thereafter, 1707, Scotland was like, we got to we got to get out of here. And right. it's just taking a while. And it's and it's always been curious to me because, you know, when you watch soccer, they have their own Scotland's a team. It's not like, you know, there's no like UK team. You know, you watch. Yeah. Y- Olympics. So that's, right. Do they Olympics? Beat on yeah. Their and, th- th- and then and then I was in England. Last thing I'll say is I was in England in 1998 when I met your brother. And they passed. Uh, that was when everyone was talking about they had a new parliament coming. Like Scotland was going to have their own parliament. So I thought this was all soft then. I thought like they gave them freedom. They could choose a few things. Um, no, but they didn't solve it. And then in 2014, they had a, a referendum. If we're fast forward. Well, so in 2014, yeah. I because I remember this, it was in the news. They voted Scott. Yeah. They said, oh, Scotland's going to be able to vote to say if they want to be independent or not. And I, you know, I'm fresh off Braveheart. And I'm going, well, of course they want to be independent. Yeah, I've seen. Have they seen has Mel Gibson given them a pep talk? And the vote was no. And I said, have these people not seen Braveheart? Maybe they haven't seen it. That's the issue. So uh, we're going to find out. But and now now they want to be in. Now it's coming up again. Independent. Well, the so Brexit, that, I think, has re-triggered it because Brexit happened. And that's yeah, we're going to get into it. But Oh, good point. All right. So joining us now, uh, fantastic comedian from uh, Scotland. 
He has been multi- we've been watching his stand up clips on, on BBC, mm-hmm. uh, different BBC TV shows. Uh, hilarious. Been a, a legend of the comedy scene in Scotland. He has a show for a very long time, has a show now called uh, coming up at the Edinburgh Fringe Festival. If you're going to the festival, go check it out. It's called The End of the Beginning of the End. Uh, everybody, welcome. Vlad McTavish straight Hi, from Edinburgh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How are you doing? Yeah. Um, yes, you've done you've done a hell of a lot of research there, guys. How did we do? How did we do? What did we get right? What did we get wrong? Well, I think the one thing you failed to point out was that in Braveheart, um, <laughs> William Wallace was uh, strangely Australian. <laughs> <laughs> that was the problem with the whole effort, yeah. the war effort, I think. And then a lot of people were at uh, the trans. Oh, they, why are they going to Australian? What, what's Mel Gibson doing? Pretend to be Scottish. And then Mel Gibson later on became an alcoholic. Um, which is <laughs> So it's Mel Gibson's fault. Taking method to its extreme. (laughs) How Scottish do you want me to be? He went full Scottish. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Yeah, and as you point out, yeah, Brexit has been a real... I mean, in 2014, when the UK was still part of the European Union, and we one one of the things we were told was that if we voted to leave the UK, we wouldn't be members of the European Union. And some people bought that. Um, and of course, what happened is then the English voted, you know, because Scotland voted to stay in the EU in the in the UK referendum in 2016. Uh, and then we were dragged out of the EU against our will. Um, because of Brexit. Brexit. You said, I mean, somebody was saying to me the other day that, you really do notice the difference when you go to Europe. You realize you, you suddenly realize. I mean, I think a lot of us over the last few years have been thinking how fucked the UK is, mm-hmm. and we think, well, that's just us thinking that because we're here. And then you go abroad, and you think, God, yeah, it is actually fucked. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> how so? Stuff works, and there's there's um, supermarket shelves are stocked, and you know, God, yeah. And then going to Europe now, you we've got to go in the third world. You know, we used to be able to just breeze the visa. Your UK passport yeah. now, now we've got to queue up in the third world queue and oh. <laughs> third world queue. Yeah, I mean You're with the Americans. That's and what the, it's uh, called, third... the third world queue. Yeah, Americans, British, and uh, yeah, third world. <laughs> yeah, um, you could say we're becoming a banana republic, except we don't even produce bananas, and we're <laughs> sadly not a republic as well, as we saw at the weekend. Yeah, I, I saw that 62% of Scottish voted for Brexit, you mentioned. So, I mean, voted hey, to oh, remain, oh, voted sure. to remain in Brexit. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, yeah, only yeah. 38% voted for it. Mm. So, in 2014, um, I guess we'll start. Well, actually, yeah, we, we could start at 1997, I guess. So, quickly, 1997, there was this, I guess at that point, there was a push to become Scot- Scotland to become its own country. And mm. so, it seems like what England did was give Scotland the right to have its own parliament and decide a few things on its own, but not everything on its own, but a few things on its own, thinking that that would kind of appease everybody and they would calm down and that would be the end of that story. Yeah. And and it had the exact opposite effect. Mm -hmm. Um, Having given us a bit of uh, a bit of autonomy, people thought, "Well, actually, yeah, we we can do things a hell of a lot better up here." And uh, I mean, I'm not. Uh, it's difficult to uh, 
go into this whole thing without making sweeping generalizations. But Scotland is, in general, a more socially inclusive nation than England. I mean, it, just in our, uh, I think people um, are just more naturally left wing in Scotland. I think I think we have more of the sense of community. Uh, uh, I mean, that doesn't go right across the board, but yeah, greed is not valued as much in this country as it is down south. I wonder what that is because south. what you, it, it to an American audience listening right now, it, you could easily replace these two countries with Canada and the United States. Yeah, Canada, I guess it's, it's a very south. The south is more conservative in general. Well, Canada, Canada is a smaller country than the, by by a lot than the I think there's 50 people, million people Canadians. wise. Yeah. Yeah. And wise. then uh, with Scottish, there's five and a half million Scottish and then 70 million, 60 million British English. Yeah. They both have oil. They both have a lot of oil up there. So, uh, so then it's something about I don't know what that is about that dynamic, but if there's less people to deal with. And uh, I don't know, something about it makes it America. We're more all, all out for ourselves and Canadians yeah. as a country seems to be a more inclusive, welcoming place. Yeah, yeah. It's funny you should draw those um, similarities between Scotland and Canada, but there's huge cultural links, too. OK. Yeah. Um, a lot of Canadians have Scottish roots and that dates back to um, a period called the Highland Clearances, which happened not long after the Act of Union. And there was this system of farming in the Highlands of Scotland where it was called crofting. And there were small holdings. Guys just lived off their own plot of land. They usually were by the sea. They, they'd fish. They'd, they'd tilt the soil. They'd have a couple of sheep. Uh, and then large landowners decided this wasn't a particularly economic form of agriculture as far as they were concerned. Mm. And they just decided to basically industrialize agriculture, uh, you know, agriculture as we know it today. And, and they decided the most profitable thing for them was to just have sheep, uh, no people. Yeah. <laughs> and so these guys uh, got handed off the land where their houses were burnt down and they were put in boats and they were sent to Canada. It's Interesting. Cold. Yeah, it was called the Highland Clearances, and it was basically ethnic cleansing. Um, you know, this uh, I think probably the bleakest period in Scottish history until probably 1966, which if there's any soccer fans watching mm, the world cup when england won the world cup england won the world cup <laughs> that was the bleakest day that was the second bleakest day ethnic <laughs> cleansing one i was england wondering the world where cup. we were going or which one is one and which one's two actually <laughs> but yeah at least the cleansing BBC. or england wins the world cup yeah i think oh, yeah. i think england won the world cup is much worse because uh, <laughs> the bbc didn't film the highland cleansing <laughs> right 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 you didn't have to watch it over <laughs> and over and over again yeah, tell you. every year <laughs> So, talking about the World Cup, yeah, but we were just talking about um, Scotland having a separate soccer team. And here's an example. Um, here's an example of, I think, this is the different set of values we have in Scotland is that um, I, think, I think it was actually disgraceful that Qatar was awarded the 2022 World Cup. Yeah. Uh, you look at the human rights abuses that happened in that country. And um, I'm very proud of the fact that Scotland decided to boycott the 2022 World Cup. Oh, Wait, did I they, didn't did even they really that. boycott it or uh, they just not qualify? Uh, well, they boycotted it by playing really badly against 
<laughs> which again not. just proves <laughs> what a generous hearted nation we are. We gave the Ukrainian people a much needed morale boost in their darkest hour. Sure, yeah, you let them very, take your spot. Very, very kind of you. We, yeah. uh, <laughs> we don't have that big of a heart in the United States. <laughs> the yeah. slaves of cut are appreciated. <laughs> so um, so then what does so 1997, they let you guys have your own thing. And then I want to know more about the, what's the Scottish. What's what's the party? Sorry, I was trying to the SNP. Oh, Scottish National Party. Scottish yeah. National Party. So when I when we've been researching the last couple of days, it kind of seems like this is the party that is pushing towards the independence. Yeah, they're kind it, of leading it, it, the country towards national it. party. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, it is pro. There are a number of pro independence parties, but the SNP is by far the biggest. Uh, there is a party called uh, the Alpa Party. That is the Gaelic for Scotland, and the Green Party. Uh, the Green Party are in favour of Scottish independence as well. Um, but yeah, the SNP. Um, the um, SNP is a broadly left-to-centre social democratic party that, that yeah. Uh, okay. At the core of its policies is... And Scottish. did they get kind of... Because I imagine in 1997, when you guys were allowed to have your own parliament and everything, was it just like this f- a flurry of people creating parties and coming up with parties, or were the parties already there? They just well, no, the SNP had existed for um, now. Now my own history is kind of um, you can say a long time. We don't yeah, mind. Well, they were part of the old UK Parliament, right? Yeah, the SNP has yeah. existed since the 1930s. Ah, okay, okay. Um, the I think the first member of the UK Parliament was elected in 1967, something like that. Yeah. And they, they, they really had, they, they first gained a lot of support in the early 70s when oil was discovered off, off the North Sea, off the coast of Scotland. And that, that was what gave the real impetus for it to become a, a, a much more popular party because the idea that, you know, Scotland should be rich in oil and kind of well propping up a right wing government in England. Um, didn't receive. and in fact, I mean, what happened with a lot of the North Sea? I mean, if you look at the difference between Norway and Scotland, it's quite because they both discovered oil in the same stretch of the North Sea between the two countries. And Norway, Norway's policy with oil has, has benefited the Norwegian people, whereas, um, they actually set up an oil fund, which is now being used to finance um, renewable energy. And whereas um, the Scotland's oil, basically all the exploration rights were just sold off by Margaret Thatcher in the late seventies to ah, so is, to bankroll privatizing public services. Is that why, or is that one of the reasons why Scottish people hate Margaret Thatcher? Absolutely, she's so likable. Okay, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I think she's I think she's less popular in Scotland than she is in Argentina. <laughs> the Falkland Islands. Yes. Okay. <laughs> so that brings up a good topic. Let's get to it. So I will. I guess we're jumping around here. But if Scotland is to become its own independent country, it seems like having oil is a good start. Yeah. As a as a base for economy. What other what are the other kind of natural resources or what would be the backbone of the economy if it was to be its own country? Uh, renewables. 
okay. wind. I mean, uh, you guys haven't been to Scotland, but there's a hell of a lot of wind in this country. Mm -hmm. uh, tidal power, uh, water. Um, I won't go as far as saying solar power because that is quite frankly <laughs> ridiculous. Um, yeah, uh, and we also make a drink that's quite popular throughout the world. What's that? Oh, whiskey. <laughs> well, you got golf. Uh, golf, yeah. And, and what about course. ports? Are there ports there? Ports, yeah. Yeah, of course, for trade. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. All right, sounds like you guys are fine. Yeah, I mean, And you yeah. would join the EU if you were your own country, right? Well, so. we would, yeah. And and the other thing, the big advantage we have is, I mean, okay, you might not agree with this, but uh, we speak English. <laughs> That is sure. <laughs> Which gives, you know, I agree. A, a version of that. Yeah, yeah, it is a bizarre version, but we do speak <laughs> a version of it. That that is an advantage. I mean, you would still trade a lot with England, I assume. The oh, UK, sure. you'd yeah. have to yeah, work yeah. that out. Yeah, I mean, I've said for years that I think Scotland would have a more mature relationship with England if it was fully independent. Because there wouldn't be the notion that England, like, there's this notion that England like subsidizes, right? Because well, give, that's what they say. I, that's I, what they say. Actually, yeah, yeah. The, the uh, England claimed to subsidize Scotland, but actually, the truth is, it's the other way around. Hmm. But how do you mean? Just because of the resources, or the yeah, because resources, uh, the duties from oil exploration, et cetera, et cetera. So to dive into that, um, actually, let's back up a little bit. So let's go to so to 2014. There was the vote, and mm. at this point, um, was it David Cameron? Was he the? I think David was, Cameron. Yeah, I remember him. Yeah, yeah. He, yeah. he was the like prime minister. Prime ministers ago now. Yeah, in yeah. England. And what I found along my research is that to be able to vote to be an independent country, David Cameron, the prime minister of England, had to or had to okay. grant you the right to have the vote. Which seems, um, why why would he allow a vote to, if it's if it's if it's a bad move for England and for Britain as a <laughs> they whole? Allowed a Brexit vote to <laughs> let to let you to let Scotland to leave. Why would he allow? Why would he allow a vote? Why would he even allow it to go to a vote? I I think I think the the real reason behind that Turner is um, arrogance. Mm. I think he was utterly convinced that. Scotland would overwhelmingly vote no to, to independence. And I think it was because at the time he granted the referendum, which was in 2012, that was when the actual uh, whatever, I can't remember what the act was called, but the, the, whatever the act was, was passed in the UK Parliament to give it the referendum. And that was in 2012. And support for independence at the time was about 25%. Okay. And by the time the referendum happened, uh, support for independence was 45. Right. They okay. got 45% of the vote yeah. for independence. Yeah. It ended up 55 wanted to stay in the in Britain and, and 25, Is, uh, 45 wanted to leave. Was yeah. the vote along generational lines? Like, was it very much older so. people yeah. would uh, be yeah. more scared about leaving? Yeah. Yeah. Very much so. Um, and I think people who had a... I think, yeah, generational lines and I think along the lines of social class or, or people with money voted more to against independence. I would imagine. So I read about mm. it. It's 
obviously easier to do trade with a country if you're part of the same greater country. Yeah. So it will be, if you do have independence, it will be somewhat harder to do to whatever degree it'll be harder to do business with England. It might be a little bit harder. It might be a lot harder. You don't really know until it happens. So I would imagine that a business owner who does trade might want to vote to remain or wealthy people who might have homes in both countries. Yeah, wealthy yeah. people yeah. who are sending money back and forth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, yeah, a lot of people with um, huge assets that they didn't want to lose. So in 2014, when that vote happened to remain as part of England, what did you feel? Did you feel that was the end of it? I, the day after, yes, I did. I think a lot of us thought, all right, that, that's... Um, that is the chance we've had, and, and we've let it go. Um, and it was said. I, I think it was. It was never a pledge um, by Alex Salmon, who was the first minister at the time. But I think it was said as a throwaway comment in an interview that it was a once in a generation event. Um, and a lot of us thought that. And then suddenly, um, in the wake of. Well, there were various, in the wake of various things, but uh, I think in the wake of the whole independence movement, uh, membership of the SNP just skyrocketed. Um, And at the next UK election, which was the following year, the SNP won, I think, all bar three of the seats in Scotland. So it's one of these things that did the vote happen and then that just kind of awoke, people woke up. Yeah, yeah. I it was a possibility. It wasn't a pipe. Oh, oh Jesus, why did we do that? Yeah. A lot of people in the next day thought, God, we made a huge mistake. Uh, and yeah, and I think actually, ironically, and this is the thing about politics in general, I think um, it's, the one, it's the one activity in life where losing makes you more popular than winning. Sure. Yeah. It does. Yeah, yeah, whenever your party, lo- I mean, it happens in the U.S. too. Whoever yeah. wins the presidency, it's like very, the other side wakes up and then you're going to lose the next midterm election, right? Mm-hmm. All of your yeah. senators on your side are probably going to lose. They always lose because yeah. the other side's now activated and the right. side that won is relaxed because they just mm-hmm. won. Yeah. And so it, it flips back and yeah. forth. Yeah, the side that won suddenly becomes the government and... Yes. Right. No one Nobody likes, likes the government. The government. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was years ago. I I um I I was a member of the Labour Party when I because I, I lived in England for a while. Okay, and I was a member of the Labour Party, and I found my membership card years later, and I realised my membership had lapsed uh, in 1997, which is when Tony Blair was elected. Oh, and I just, just thought, wow, wow. you Labour. Yeah, yeah I, I think part of me was why would I want to be a part a part of the party that's the government? Sure, I think yeah. of course. Also, yeah. also um, actually, yeah, because that was in the early days of me doing stand up, and I quite often get asked to do fundraising gigs for the Labour Party, and I always did them. And then after they won the election in nineteen ninety seven, I was still getting asked to do them, and I thought. I'm not doing a fucking fundraising gig for the government. <laughs> yeah, it's not. The, it's the, it's the man all of a sudden. Like they were out of power for what 17, 18 years, right? Yeah, that's for, right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it's it was I, cool to support I fundraise labor until for the power. government every month. It's in my tax. Well, yeah, yeah. 
They'll do that. (laughs) Taxes. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) I wouldn't need to go above and beyond. So you you were based. Were you based in London doing comedy? I was based in London. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And you near? Go ahead, Cap. Oh no, I was just going to ask because it's interesting to us, at least to me. You're actually you get a card when you're like a member of a party, like the Labor Party. You have to pay dues, or do you have to? Because yeah. we don't have that in America. You just register to vote whichever party oh, you that, want. That's you- right. You'd, yeah, because um, no, no. I mean, basically, yeah, because you're all registered to vote. Yeah. Right. Whereas the party membership here, uh, I mean, it's tiny. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, uh, nobody knows exactly. Because actually the SNP are one of the few parties that actually say how many members they have. But, for example, in, oh, September, when Liz Truss, remember her? Yeah, she <laughs> was in a shower for like a week. Four, she got it in hey, before she, she was out. Yeah, she did yeah. a lot in that time, though, didn't she? Uh, oh, she, she screwed was, us because we did a full episode on her and learning about her and her do. background. Her we wasted a lot of time. By the time we put the episode out, she wasn't even in office anymore. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. 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 Uh, a tabloid newspaper. Uh, because when it began, obviously it wasn't going to last very long. They actually found a lettuce in a supermarket, and the lettuce <laughs> it lasted longer. On the shelf longer than Liz Trust was. <laughs> um, um, but yeah, she tanked the economy. She brought the uh, she brought the pound down to its lowest ever level, uh, and killed the queen. <laughs> <laughs> she did it all. She accomplished yeah, all she, she wanted to accomplish, yeah, and she retired. She retired. <laughs> Because it was quite amazing. The last time anyone saw the Queen, she was shaking hands with Liz Truss. Two years later, she died. That was... Oh man, if if Liz Truss would have just come along fifty years ago, you know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, Liz Truss was elected because you know uh, when Johnson finally resigned, um, Liz Truss was elected by the Conservative Party membership. She wasn't elected by in a vote, you know, in an election. Yes, right. the Tories were in power, and so she they, she was elected leader of the party by the party membership, which right. they were very coy about saying how many members they had, but mm. it was something like a hundred and fifty thousand. Wow. Yeah. So yeah. Wh- why would you not? Oh, you don't want to say because it's so small. It shows you. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. They don't people realize how few yeah. people are actually deciding who the leader so, of the country so is. So most people are just unaffiliated. They don't have a party. That's right. Yeah. OK. Yeah. Kaplan, this yeah. is us. When we were we're about to say uh, roughly the same age. When we were young, it was cool in America to be independent. Yeah. But when I was in high school in the 90s, it was like you don't want to be part of a party. You don't. Who yeah, wants hate, to be part you hate of that? You hate the government you hate the, no matter who's hate the government hate the yeah now it's that's very uncool if you're not no. part of a party you're part of the problem right if you're not well yeah in New York, in if you're not part like, of one party side you have to be on a side <laughs> one side to the other side you're like what can if i you're not super actively like if you ever like kissing the ass of who's in charge if it's the, the right party then you're you're part of the problem yeah yeah you're so. part of the problem but meanwhile what you're allowed to vote for whoever you want no matter if you're in a party or not you don't have to be in the oh. party to vote in the united mm. states so there's no real point we got to take a break guys uh but we'll okay. be back we're gonna do a break a quick break glad for our ad uh sponsor but it'll be like one second stick stay okay. right stay right there <laughs> yeah. uh, we're part of the world's smartest podcast network that is us that is the majoring in everything podcast with dr andrea jones roy And that is the Political Orphanage with Andrew Heaton. Check out all those podcasts at WorldSmartestPodcastNetwork.com. And now, Captain, 
Yes. What's a word that? from your local sponsor. We told you about Gaia Provides a couple months ago. Gaia Provides is back. They are a holistic small batch company crafting quality lab tested hemp based health and wellness products for pets. Kaplan, you've been giving it to Pancakes, Kaplan. Pancakes the dog over the last few months. How's she doing? Yeah, she loves these. Uh, I give her the beef liver flavor, the ones for small dogs. Um, And I give her a half a treat in the morning, a half a treat at night, and she loves them. They're delicious. She always barks for them. Uh, she's a, she's a, you know, my dog's a little dog. She's a mental patient. I like to say she's a lovable mental patient. So she's always, she's always, uh, stressed out, neurotic, just like me about something, but these, these make her chill. They calm her down. Uh, she does, obviously, you know, she's in a wheelchair. She has a lot of, uh, discomfort, uh, naturally. And these definitely help. Uh, I definitely see, a you know, she's has a high quality of life because of, uh, we take good care of her over here and these are a key part of our daily routine. So we love guy provides over here in the Kaplan household. And all these products, Cap, are THC-free. They do not have THC, which makes them safe for your pets. And I know Pancakes is always scared of all those fireworks you have in Long Island City, Queens, right there on the East River. They're shooting them off all the time. How's she doing with the fireworks once she yeah. takes this guy it provides? Yeah, when I used to be, I used to dread fireworks. I used to dread loud noises and thunderstorms. Um, but now I just enjoy them because when I give them to the pancakes, this makes it, like I said earlier, it makes her calm, makes her cool, makes her collected, makes her just sit there and enjoy life. So these, Look at that. Uh, I love, you they can have enjoy drops. fireworks again. You can enjoy America again. You can enjoy <laughs> freedom again with Gaia provides everybody check out Gaia provides and use our promo code lost L O S T for a great deal. That is www. G-A-I-A provides P-R-O-V-I-D-E-S dot com. And and then just so you know, they also have on top of the treats, they have these little drops you could put in the food. So if you, you know, if you want to, you, you can get, if they don't like the treat for whatever reason, these drops are also delicious. So guy provides. All right, we're back. <laughs> Thank you sponsors. Oh my gosh. Love having them around. That was a great. It's some really good products this, this episode. What Buy do you think all. about that product, Vlad? That we just <laughs> went to. All oh, right, I, I I missed that, but it was good. It was a good yeah. one. <laughs> it'll save your life. Make sure to go yeah. back and listen. It's a key. It, it's it'll add five years to your life. So good. Well, fine. Well, that's that's a bonus. <laughs> no wait, matter what it. it is, it'll yeah. be great. So we uh, Viagra. So. Okay, so then, so then they vote to remain as part of the UK, and then Brexit happens, and yeah. so by the time Brexit happens, the Scottish Nationalist Party is, is already kind of gaining steam, right, building yeah. momentum and mm-hmm. everything. So then Brexit happens, and we read, I think sixty-two percent of Scottish people voted to remain, to remain. as part of the U- EU, mm-hmm. but you guys only have five and a half million people. So your vote, it's not going to weigh as much as the other 60 million. Mm -hmm. Where's actually as an aside, where's Wales in all this? They got Wales in all this. Yeah, a good question. Have they ever voted? Do they want to leave? Are they happy where they are? They're happy. Where Wales is 1974. (laughs) That's where they are. Uh, Wales, they're um, just getting disco over nobody there. Nobody talks about Wales. That's right. Well, Wales is a stranger because Wales has been was invaded by the English. I I couldn't even tell you how long ago. Mm. Um, yeah, so it, it's uh, and there is a Welsh national party called Plaid Cymru, which is the Welsh for 
don't know what. Yeah. <laughs> Probably Welsh party, I would imagine. Yeah. Um, and they voted. I mean, they've never had. They've got their own parliament because um, when the, when they devolved powers to Scotland, they also devolved powers to Wales. Okay. Um, uh, I think the Welsh Parliament has less powers than the Scottish Parliament. There's less of a movement for independence. Although, again, uh, support for independence in Wales is is growing. And I think that's partly, be- again, in reaction to having the Conservative government in, in Westminster. Because, again, people in Wales tend to tend to be fairly left-wing as well. Okay. Um, and... But having said that, Wales voted uh, in the Brexit referendum. Wales Wales voted to to leave the EU. Oh, so they were part. They wanted Brexit to happen. Yeah. yeah. I yeah. So I mean, I could see when you know when the sun back in the old days when the sun never set on the British Empire and there was yeah. countries around the world part of Britain, it might have been attractive to be part yeah, of. You ran Britain. the world. You're part of running the. You're part of the winning team. But know? right now, you guys are almost half of it at this point. You know, yeah. it's like. It's so small now that it, it doesn't. Yeah. So then 2016, so they vote to uh, Brexit happens. And then at this point, does the does the movement crank up again? That we oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And that that is I mean, it was almost pretty. I can't remember exactly how soon afterwards that get um, the Scottish government asked for a second referendum on okay. independence. And so now why, which gets to my main question, why since 2016 till now, it's been seven years and we did have COVID in the middle of it, mm-hmm. but why has it taken so long to get a vote? Well, because um, successive UK governments keep refusing. Why uh, do they have to get permission? The prime well, minister has to. When we had again. the last election to the Scottish Parliament, which was in 2021, um, and again, there was a majority elected uh, with um, who were well, the SNP and the Greens both stood on, on uh, um, with a policy of being in favour of another referendum, uh, and then the Parliament voted in favour of it, and the people voted in favour of it, and then again, um, the UK government refused to um, uh, concede another referendum, and then the Scottish government took them to court. And somehow, I don't know why, the Supreme Court ruled that the UK government had the right to deny the Scottish um, government a referendum on independence. And that's definitely no. Yeah. Did they, did they rule that it's indefinite? Like, you know, it was keep denying it, or is it just, was it a reason because it's so close to the last one? Or I, I don't think I, I don't think it was anything to do with the timing. I think it was to do with the fact that actually in enshrined in the act of union somewhere um is the the i mean it has to be said um the supreme court of the uk is the supreme court of the uk so it's hardly lately it's not non-biased yeah how many scottish members are there on that supreme court are there i don't know yeah you gotta you gotta pack the court Mm. yeah (laughs) um so why does England, to flip the question, I understand why you guys want to leave. Why do they, what's their reasoning for wanting you to stay so bad? Well, uh, yeah, that's a, that's a really good question. And it's one that a lot of people think, well, yeah, why? why? Yeah. Um, 
I think one of the main reasons is the fact that, um, again, yeah, um, that it's somewhere, Scotland is somewhere to keep their nuclear missiles. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. That's where the nukes are? And I guess, well, okay. So yep. it's like the same reason we need New Mexico or whatever. Is yeah, to- yeah, exactly. I mean, and it, it, they say there's various other reasons, but no, I think fundamentally it comes down to that. Do you think also, um, I mean, I guess maybe oil? Does a lot of your oil yeah, go oil, to them? Oil and the fact, yeah, yeah. And then and pride, it, just basic well, pride? Yeah, uh, there's that as well. And secondly, I think it would just show um, the fact that I think if Scotland was to stand on its own two feet, which it undoubtedly would, mm-hmm. it would make them look pretty stupid, the fact they'd be... Yeah, and especially if you join the EU immediately. Yeah, exactly. They would just yeah. be surrounded by the European Union. Yeah, yeah you ju- it's like when you break up with someone, they start dating your your your, your ex or something, or yeah. <laughs> start dating. It's and then like there'd be also yeah. no land border with Northern Ireland. I mean, there isn't That's really like- now. It's a water border, but still, yeah. there'd yeah. be no like natural connection to mm-hmm. Northern Ireland. Mm-hmm. Crazy. What's it like performing? So you started your career in England, I guess, mm-hmm. right? Doing stand-up. Yep. And then you get to go back to Scotland. What percentage of you, stand-up-wise, what percentage of the time are you performing in Scotland versus England? When I started. Yeah. Uh, when I started almost exclusively, I'd be working in England. Because, I, I mean, I'd go up to Scotland, do the odd, do the odd gig, yeah, uh, and I do the Edinburgh Fringe, but no, most of my work was um, was in London and that part of England, uh, and well, just throughout UK wide. But actually, in the nineties when I started, there wasn't a particularly big stand up scene in Scotland. Now it's now it's incredibly good. Okay, really? Uh, yeah. And is the hub in Edinburgh? Scottish Edinburgh and Glasgow. Edinburgh and Glasgow. Yeah, Glasgow's got a pretty, pretty lively scene as well. And does it change for you being because when you're in England, you're an out basically an outsider? Like you you can view society as an outsider. Do you do you yeah, have that feeling yeah. or not? Yeah. Well, you, you to an extent you do, yeah. Um uh, you always have to kind of point out the fact that you talk a bit different from them. Yes. And <laughs> yes. which I imagine you don't have to do when you're in Scotland, you're not an outsider. Yeah. yeah. And I think in Scotland also, I mean, believe it or not, um, at the moment, I'm kind of toning my accent down a bit. Okay. Uh, oh, you mean us? to talk to us? To talk to you guys. We were yeah. going to oh. put a, a captioning on that. If you <laughs> on the audio the video. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and that is the real, and, and, and also the cultural references are, are, are you have to change that. But then, to be honest, working in Edinburgh, um, because Edinburgh is such a tourist destination, 99 times out of 100, a large proportion of an Edinburgh audience will be tourists. Yeah. Okay. A lot of Americans, uh, a lot of Europeans. Um, in fact, there's two main, the two main clubs in Edinburgh. One is the Stand, which is um, kind of, actually the, um, that that was the first proper established comedy club in Edinburgh. It has more of a Scottish Scottish audience base, but it still gets loads of tourists at the weekend. And then the Monkey Barrel, which is 
very much in the historical part of Edinburgh, just off the Royal Mile, and almost up. Their their audiences are about ninety percent tourists. Wow. Okay. And you're talking about during the festival or just all the time? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I oh, mean, because wow. we get, we get tourists all year round. Um, in fact, quite often there's because it's really expensive to come to Edinburgh in August. Hotels are really expensive. You know, during the the festival in August. Yeah. Flights are expensive. Hotels are expensive. You get lots of tourists come come in September, just because it's cheaper. Okay, so the shows are even, could even be better. Um, yeah. So what uh, I is there a sense to protect? Because there's only I guess five and a half million Scottish people, and culturally, I don't know how else to ask this, but I cap you had brought up in our notes the idea of intermarriage. Well, like I didn't know how how much people. At this point, must intermingle. I mean, there's it's between Scotland and England, yeah. Well, oh, God, yeah, but yeah, then, or, oh, I mean, where there's not even as much nationalism, I would think, in younger people. Yeah, but I think also Scots have traditionally uh, traveled the world enemy. I mean, I, I, my own immediate family, uh, my brother has been in England for forty years, and my sister is in France. Okay, so I'm the only one of my three, you know. And then uh, my cousins, uh, I have cousins in New Jersey. So. Hey, but is there is there pressure to? Is that what you're getting at? To to, well, to marry a Scottish Kabbal, or have Jewish? There's a, there's an, isn't yeah. there an idea within Judaism to marry yeah, other keep Jews? The tribe alive? Yeah, to keep, keep the tribe going to keep it alive. <laughs> is this is there the same thing with Scottish people? Uh, no, nah, not really. We've got the highest. Uh, we've got the lowest life expectancy in Europe. So. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so, so you don't want to. You don't want to pass that down to people. Yeah, keep ourselves alive. <laughs> Hybrid. That's like with. Uh, yeah, it's good to mix things up. And yep. Uh, I would question what, what if they have independence. If you have independence, what would you go to the euro? Is that the goal? You think money wise or? Well, standard? I would. Yeah, that yeah. seems to make absolute perfect sense. But it's something that successive. Um, Scottish governments have been a bit. I think they think. It, I think they think um, that keeping the pound is going to be more popular. Right? I don't think it is. I, I think the euro is a great thing. Um, I was. Uh, I'm. I'm going on vacation on Saturday. Um, my wife and myself are going to Mallorca. Nice. Mallorca is awesome. Yeah, I've been beautiful. And two weeks ago, I was out doing shows in Berlin. And getting paid in cash. So I've got my spending cash for my vacation from a gig I did in Berlin. Ah, oh, that's genius. And I love the fact you've just got this currency you can use in Ireland, you can use it in Germany, Spain, right, France, Greece. France. Yeah, phenomenal. And so why why an independent Scotland wouldn't want to be part of the euro, I can't understand. But sure. I think that was one of the stumbling blocks in the 2014 campaign. Yeah, because I, I I was looking at the list, the, the propaganda list that the UK government put out yeah. of like the the reasons to stay, and the number one thing they say is the strength of the pound. Like that's the stay with the pound. Oh yeah, strong pound. <laughs> <laughs> there was a lot of uh, there was a lot of scare stories that were just yeah, utter bollocks um, in that twenty four. Um, Project Fear, they called it, was what uh, was the UK government's propaganda. Um, trying to get people to and it vote. sounds like none of those would work again no no and in fact to be honest i think because i think cameron thought he could pull off the same trick again 
in 2016. Um, with Brexit. With Brexit. You with thought Brexit. the same thing would happen. Ah. Yeah. So I, was thinking, I was thinking that earlier when you said he was so arrogant. I thought, yeah. I, get, I bet that's why he was so confident in Brexit. He, want, he got yeah. it right once with the referendum idea. Yeah. So we rolled out Project Fear again. And, and to be honest, I think Project Fear in 2016, a lot of the claims that were being made about uh, the effects of leaving Europe were a lot more valid than the ones that we're making in 2014. And yeah. it was, ah, nah, they, they, this is just the same lies that were given the people of Scotland two years ago. And mm. so it's yeah. like, uh, yeah, it didn't work. lie too many times. What about I was reading and Kevin brought it up earlier, but the, the block grant that England, that's a big thing you hear about is that yeah. England gives Scotland a certain amount of money every year. And mm-hmm. The other side would say that that helps fund the Scottish economy. And without that money, it's like eight. I think without that money, Scotland would run at a deficit of 8%. Or maybe Scotland does run at a deficit. Yeah, they said that they, that's what I we read. I will pick you up on some of the language. England doesn't give Scotland any money. Okay. Uh, what grant comes from the UK government? Uh, huh. And so where does the UK government get their money from? They get it from taxes and revenues, et cetera, et cetera. Yes. And a lot and what they're dishonest about is how much of that comes from Scotland. Mm. Right. Yeah. Oil and other, other oil. Things the revenue on whiskey is huge. Whiskey. Yeah. There's no whiskey in England, right? They don't have well, this is what is about vir- virtually none. So if you guys get independent, you just gotta tax the shit out of that whiskey yeah, that's absolutely. Make them bad. Well, yeah. also, <laughs> the answer to that question is if, if, if someone from England or like the, the sorry, the UK government, if the UK mm. government says, well, if you left us, you would go broke. And then mm. your response is, OK, fine, let us leave. And they go, no, 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 you can't leave. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah, no, you can't go. Yeah, I think I mean, we found I mean, the answer. Yeah, you're saying, yeah, yeah and this is pretty much brings us back to what you were saying about 10 minutes ago. Why, why are they so worried about us leaving? Yeah. If yeah. they think it would be so terrible for you and so great for them, why yeah. are they so worried about it? Yeah. I mean, to, to draw a parallel with the U.S., um, I think everyone would probably agree that California could easily be an independent nation, couldn't it? Yes. I mean, um, it would be a hellhole, but yes. Yeah. <laughs> but, it, but, but, you know, it would be economically no, I mean- bad. <laughs> Definitely. You have ports, you have natural resources. Yeah. Oh, wine. yeah. It's, a, it's an economy that's, I think, one of the 10th largest in the world on its own, right? Yeah, I think it's, it yeah. is. Yeah. Like that, yeah. As a country, if it was a country. Yeah. But probably, but we, so we would have to make the same campaign if campaign, if California, we would have reasons to stay. Well, I mean, I think the United States would just carpet bomb California. <laughs> that's the thing. To hell. <laughs> LA, you wouldn't be far. able to tell the difference, but the rest of the state, you would notice. <laughs> You know, <laughs> we could do the that. 405 freeway would look exactly the same. Yeah. But besides that, um, yeah, it wouldn't. So I, what about your name? So I, we said right before we got on air, we were uh, I was asking if your name is Vlad or, or Vladimir yeah. McTavish. Uh, and you said, well, it's kind of neither. Yeah. It's on the Vlad made out now. It's a stage name. Yeah. Um, when I first started doing uh, comedy back in the 90s a lot of people a lot of people in those times had stage names uh there was a marvelous comedian called Ian Cognito who sadly died a few years ago um his real name was uh Paul oh god I can't remember his real name but Incognito's a lot better <laughs> than Paul, Paul. <laughs> Springsteen whose real name is Paul Ward 
Uh, and I just, yeah, I don't know where Vladimir McTavish came from now. It was just <laughs> the cultural incongruity of having a Russian first name and um, a Scottish yeah. second name. It yes. just seemed, so that's but, not your real last name either. Yeah, no, 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 it's not. Oh, wow. And then, uh, and let's say this is over 25, nearly 30 years ago. And it was, it was got a snappy, catchy name and people remembered it. And it was going all okay until... About a year ago, and um, <laughs> Vladimir. Then yeah, all March, of a sudden, uh, yeah, March of, uh, March of last year, it, mm. you Vladimir. should change it to. Uh, well, what about this? What about Osama uh, McTavish? <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm certainly going back to my own name, but my own name is Andrew Tate. <laughs> uh, yes, yeah, only joking. Yeah, just sure. tell everyone you're a big fan of the baseball player Vladimir Guerrero. Everyone oh yeah, I believe that. <laughs> I mean, you could go with Bill Cosby. I don't think that name's being <laughs> used. <laughs> He's not using it right now. Yeah, yeah. it's been a Adolf's been a while. I Bill, think uh, Adolf. Yeah, Bill <laughs> Cosby too would be a good one. Yeah, you don't get any Adolf's anymore, do you? He was one of the most popular names. I saw a graph once. It was like the 1930s up to. It was like one of the most popular names in, I think, even America. And then it just went off a cliff. <laughs> <It's real fast. laughs> well, isn't the name? I mean, Dolph Lundgren. Isn't he Adolf Lundgren? Yeah, it is. That's why he's yeah. Dolph. But you go by just Dolph. Go, drop that A. <laughs> yeah. I, I yeah, go by Al, really, maybe. Or... Yeah. Yeah, the guy who founded Adidas. Was Adolf? Uh, oh, he was an Adolf. He yeah, was also a Nazi, I think. So, but <laughs> he was also a Nazi. So I mean, checks out. So, yeah, well, <laughs> I think he might well have been. Uh, yeah, he was. I believe yeah. I read, uh, but you know, well, I don't know if Run DMC knew that. <laughs> so don't go with Adidas as your stage name either. You go boss, So are you? So comedy wise, are you um, building? I know that there's some comedians that do one, some comedians do the other, and then some comedians do both. But are, are you? Do you build every year towards the Edinburgh Fringe Festival? Pretty much, yeah. yeah. I mean, you know. Um, but you do all the clubs and everything, too. Yeah, I do I do the clubs in between, yeah. I would imagine. But, um, yeah, I, I guess in terms of new writing, it, it kind of tends to, um, tends to be focused towards doing Edinburgh Fringe in August. Um, this year, for the first time in three years, because of the pandemic, uh, um, I was back out doing festivals in Australia in like February, March. Oh, you did the I, did the Melbourne. I didn't do Melbourne. I did the Perth Fringe and the Adelaide Fringe. February, March. I was in Australia in January doing the Sydney uh, Comedy Store. Oh, I did a couple uh, right. weeks. Yeah, then yeah. So that's kind of right in the middle of summer, isn't it? Yeah, it was great. It was it was a real, and I, I wasn't do. I did uh, Melbourne last year, but I just did spots just to yeah. kind of see what it was all about for a couple yeah. weeks. I had a great time. I wasn't doing it with a full hour, but um, how was it? How how did you enjoy it? I, I mean, that that's my first time for three years because I, I was actually out in Adelaide uh, in March of 2020 mm. when just the whole world went mental. I got home, I think. A massive days before the UK went into lockdown. Wow. You just got stuck in a real Australia lockdown. Well, do you know <laughs> what I'm realizing now is there was a guy. So last year, 2022, when I was at Melbourne Festival, there was this guy I was hanging out with. I'm going to forget his name, but he was a um, uh, Australian comedian. But they had, I guess there's theme shows at these festivals, right? And one of the theme shows was the UK 
UK yeah. comedians invade oh, Melbourne yeah. Festival. Mm. And they couldn't get a Scottish comedian because you weren't yep. there. Yes. So this guy pretended to be a Scottish oh. person. Ah, Mickey D. Mickey D. Yes. Mickey D. Mickey D is a legend. So yeah. for the entire Another. month, he had his own show across town where he was himself. He was Mickey yeah. D doing mm. his regular Australian person show. And then when that ended, he would run to the other side of town and put on a fake Scottish accent. And for the whole month, he was <laughs> pretending to be Scottish <laughs> and he never lifted the veil on it. The audience never knew he wasn't Scottish. And he did different yeah. jokes. He did. a Yeah, he wrote. He was telling me he was writing all material as a Scottish person. And no, he was like shitting on the it. crown and stuff and like <laughs> yeah. saying how dumb Australians were and, and like doing all this stuff that he could only get away with. because He was Scottish. Was he? So that was because you couldn't make it. He was filling in yeah. for you. Uh, well, yeah, well, none of us could make it. None of us. Uh, uh, no one from the <laughs> Mickey <UK>. D. <laughs> Mickey D. Taking advantage of the situation. I like yeah. it. Double what's, his full, what's his full name? Uh, uh, I, Adolf. No. <laughs> I, I, I did know Mickey D's full name, but I can't remember now. Yeah, Mickey D. He, he lived in Manchester for you. He's hilarious. He's a very funny guy. Yeah. I ended up hanging out with him a few different nights. And mm. uh, yeah, I'm going <laughs> to Mickey D. Up. You got to be funny. That name. He's got to yeah. bring it. <laughs> So that was because you, I can't find it. Anyway, whatever, yeah. Mickey D. Yeah, so to get back to the original question, yeah, I usually start kind of uh, getting my Edinburgh show ideas in order around about when I'm out in Australia. I think there's something about being away from home makes you kind of, I, I, I think it frees up a lot of the creative side of your brain, I think. Agreed. Yeah, I, I do most of my writing on the road because yeah. there's none of the little stuff you have to do at home. You know, oh, yeah. now I have to do this. Now I have to do yeah. the cook food, yep. make, do the laundry, do this, do yeah. that, do that. Yeah. So you're just sitting in a hotel room and you can write the entire time. So Yeah. Or train, train journeys are good. Yes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, Vlad, Jump thanks for doing it, man. I think, yeah. Cap, did I miss anything? No, I think we covered it all. I, I uh, Oh, I'm yeah. Ex- well, actually, no, we did. We did. I do. Sorry. I had one last thing. So what do you see for the future? Yeah, that's with the independence movement. Oh, right. Uh, well, it's, it's pretty difficult to say right now. We're in a kind of standoff situation. Mm. It all depends what happens in the next UK election, I think, because that's that's the next big election that's coming up. If Labour takes over, you think they'll, if, well, if the Labour Party what, takes over UK, they would give you permission? What could happen is Labour might not win enough to get an overall majority, and that might mean they might have to rely on support from the SNP, and part of that could be uh, conditional on them. Ah, so but then the, wouldn't they then be losing their power because in the future, Labour would have less voters, right? If they let go of Scotland or no? No, well, not, no, no, not, not in the moment. I mean, because at the moment, Labour only has, there's only one MP in the UK Parliament. There's only one Labour MP from Scotland. Oh, okay, okay. So they have no power. So what you're Scotland. saying is, if if the if Labor doesn't get enough votes, they'll have to make a deal to make a coalition. Part of that mm-hmm. coalition could be could made be the with the Scottish Nationalist Party. S and P goes independent, and as and part then... of their co- their yeah, part of their uh, agreement to join the coalition is we want to have a vote. Yeah, yep. Yeah. Got it. And what happens if Scotland gets independence? My last question, because I'm a, I'm a I'm a loser tennis fan. Because Wimbledon, they they've never had an English champion, and then they just pretended Andy Murray was the first <laughs> English right, champion yeah, yeah. ever. He's Scottish. Yeah. That must drive Scottish people crazy. Will they have to redact that and say again, England's never had an English champion, have an English champion like hundred uh, years? Or uh, <laughs> well, I also want to ask, do you remember the band <laughs> Travis? Aren't they Scottish? Oh, They're I love Scottish. Travis. Yep. 
<laughs> would they still be considered Britpop? <laughs> <Would they> st- <laughs> <laughs> well, stop pop. I can't Stop be the off. first person asking this question. Yeah. It's been burning yeah. in my ear. The Travis situation. I, I couldn't. I should. I couldn't go to the Travis concert last year. It was my anniversary, so I hope they don't. Oh, it. I didn't even yeah. know they had do, one. Do, I would go. I'm I gonna... would have invited. Yeah, I don't think <laughs> that would have been. I would have been divorced if I went on my anniversary. So hopefully they do a a, a celebration Scottish Independence Tour. Scotch pop. America. Scotch pop. Scotch yeah. pop. First ever <laughs> Scotch pop well, tour. You, you, you wouldn't even have to know Travis was Scottish. I mean, because it's obvious from their biggest hit, which was "Why Does It Always Rain on Me." Why of course, amazing. Vlad McTavish, thanks for doing the show, man. Everybody, a lot of fun. Check him out at the Edinburgh Fringe Festival. He has a show called "The End of the Beginning of the End," and we got connected through him with the great Ollie Horn. So Ollie has shows out there too. Yes. Check out Ollie if you're in Edinburgh. Uh, thanks. That's it, man. Uh, uh, Vlad, thanks, thanks for doing it. And- let me know when you come. If you ever plan on coming to Edinburgh, let me know. Oh my gosh, I would love to. I was supposed to go last summer and we got COVID. So, uh, hopefully, sometime oh, in the next yeah. couple of years, you were awesome. That was a blast, well, Cap. What should we do? Yeah, we'll do it again. In the meantime, let's yeah. get lost. Let's do it again. Get lost. Cheers, guys. say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.